Hey, welcome to Holistic Marketing. This is where we bridge psychology, spirituality, and marketing to create more clients. I'm Martina Thomason, and I teach you how to do organic marketing that is in alignment with your personal values and feels good to your soul. If you don't want to run ads or learn all the technical aspects around marketing, but still want to attract and convert clients, listen on. Today you are up for a treat. I am interviewing Dr. Eva Brown, PhD, who is a couples therapist and coach. I'll give you more of a thorough introduction of her shortly, but I just wanted to let you know why I brought her onto the Holistic Marketing Podcast. I see so many parallels between marketing and running a business and dating and being in a relationship. So we really go into this in this interview and Dr. Eva Brown also talked about how marketing felt uncomfortable for her and we spoke about how to move through it. So buckle up and let's jump into today's episode. Today I am super excited to have Dr. Eva Brown, PhD, as a guest. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and specializes in working with individuals and couples in the areas of communication, emotional intimacy, sexuality and trauma recovery challenges. She has helped couples recover from multi-generational trauma, infidelity, power struggles, trust, intimacy, sex, communication challenges, and more. We will talk about what led her to become a couples therapist and a coach, as well as the juicy insights on building her practice. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Eva. Thank you so much, Martina, for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you and your community and get down to business and anything else in between that we talk about. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So we heard a little bit about your background, but what yeah. made you end up where you are today? Like, tell us about your journey to where you are. Yeah, it's an interesting story, Martina, and people don't usually ask me it, but I'm glad to be able to answer it. Um, I actually started in 2005 with a passion parties business and passion parties is in-home parties for women. And I sold lubricants and toys and lingerie, and I taught sexual education to women. And I did that in my twenties. That's what actually I put myself through school. I, I was, I was a bartender, a server and a passion party consultant for, I had like three or four different jobs to put myself through my master's and my PhD, because I didn't want to have all, a bunch of student loans, you know, of course, yeah. you know, student loans are a real pain in the butt. Right. Yeah. So I didn't want to have a bunch of student loans. So I was like, okay, I just, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I got a little bit of help from the school and stuff like that at the time, because I was completely poor. I had no money. I was just living paycheck to paycheck, you know, um, and just trying to get through school, but I got into passion parties. So I would host three, four or five parties a weekend. Wow. And I would travel all the way to Miami and West Palm beach. And, you know, which is, I live in Florida, you know, if you guys know where Florida is, yeah. I'm not sure where you are, Martina. Where are you, Martina? I'm in Norway, but my listeners are in America, Australia and everything in between. So oh yeah, my gosh, <laughs> Norway, that is so cool. Yeah. The only time I've ever technically been to Norway, just kidding, is in Epcot at Disney World, you know, because they have like this little area that's like Norway. And I'm like, I've always been interested in like visiting, you know? Yeah. But anyway, um, I will. I will. Now I know someone there. Um, but anyways, I started with passion parties and I did it for 10 years and I hustled and I became fascinated with sexual intimacy 
with sexuality and helping women unblock their sexual blocks, their intimacy blocks. Now at the time, I actually wasn't educated about it. You know, I was self-educating myself as much as I possibly could, which I believe in self-education, you know, not everyone needs to go to school to become educated, you know? But at the time, and we can talk about this as we go a little bit deeper into it, but a couple of my trance or my trauma triggers are not feeling good enough, right? Yeah. And doubting myself and feeling like imposter syndrome, right? And we, yeah. we can talk about that because I know a lot of women, especially my clients that I work with individually go through that, right? Yeah, same here, like pretty much everyone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a phenomena. And I love to speak about that, you know, because that's one of the biggest struggles that I've had to kind of figure out how to self-regulate myself, you know, how, when my mind chatter in the back starts to rumble, how to overcome that and not let my trance cycle, which is something that I can talk about too, and explain what a trance cycle actually is. It's a trauma response and a great book. And I know you're going to ask me this at the end, but we'll go for it now. A great book is, um, the dark side of the inner child. And we can talk about that a little bit, which is quite interesting. So going back to the 10 years when I was in passion parties, I loved teaching sexual education to women. However, with the imposter syndrome and the not feeling good enough thoughts and all that other stuff that was going on, even though I had a great time with my ladies and they were always satisfied and happy and like learned so much about all the different types of orgasms a woman (laughs) is capable of, you know, because a lot of women, when I was doing passion parties, couldn't experience an orgasm. Right. They, they were non-orgasmic. And I found out that that was quite normal for women. And I did not know that at the time until, you know, I educated myself and women primarily have an orgasm through clitoral stimulation only. Right. But there's actually four different types of orgasms, clitoral, G-spot, vaginal, and then a combination of all of them. Right. So the point is, is that I started really getting into deep conversations with women when they would come in, because I would do confidential ordering with them to make them feel safe, you know, because they were buying personal things and, you know, sometimes their girlfriend, they don't want their friends or their mothers or whoever's at the party to know. So anyway, I would do confidential ordering room and that's where everything started to shift. And women would share their personal lives with me, their sex lives, their intimacy, the fact that they couldn't communicate and the fact that they felt disconnected from their partners. And I would say out of hundred percent of my clientele, which was most of Miami, West Palm and Fort Lauderdale, just so you know, right. I had a very large clientele base. Yeah, I must say, wow. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I know. I loved it. But the reason why I'm sharing that is because I want the audience and the listeners to know how many people I saw to understand what I'm going to say next, which is 60% of the women, if not a little bit more at times, you know, because I was doing it for 10 years, were telling me they were unhappy in their marriage. You know, they were not happy. They were not connected. The women were feeling like their partners are not emotionally validating. They're not listening to them. And they're just overall just really frustrated. And of course, when they're at the party, they're buying toys and lubricants and things to spice up their love life. And as I was doing it, I just started realizing the need that I, I wanted to help couples. I wanted to help women. And I, and again, I felt inadequate in doing so like teaching people as sexual education is one thing, but what I do now for individuals and couples is a whole different thing. Like I'm actually helping them heal now, you know, and overcome their obstacles and give them solutions and strategies and mindsets and all that stuff, which I didn't know anything about that back then, you know? 
Yeah, and couples so, therapy is a whole different animal too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but you were in what I understand a form of direct selling, like, you know, like yes, the Tupperware, but just for, so you really transitioned from that seeing yep. sort of the hole in the market or, or the need for something deeper and more psychological level and not sort of just using the, let's call it gadgets or tools. <laughs> so you really saw that need for the more, um, yeah. the connection and the trauma healing and all of that around it. Yes, exactly. So I, I ended up going to get my master's and I kept doing passion parties during my master's. And then I transitioned out of passion parties, which was bittersweet. You know, mm -hmm. I had a great time, but I, I transitioned because I didn't want to do parties anymore. I didn't want to host events anymore. You know, I, I also did a lot of um, networking events and stuff like that at clubs for ladies and stuff. So it was, it was totally like I had, it had the business had a mind of its own. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. And then I, um, I stopped and, uh, I started and I opened up my practice in my master's program, which is not normal because, um, I wasn't licensed then. And so I needed to, to basically work underneath someone else's license. And so I ended up working with a good friend of mine, Dr. Elizabeth King. I worked under her license for two years during the master's program, in which case I started seeing, you know, real clients, you know, and then I also went to Nova Southeast university and I started to really understand, okay, wow, this is a whole different thing. You know, it's not like an ordering room situation anymore. We're really getting into and unpacking their whole entire life really, yeah. you know? Wow. And there's lots of skills that go along with that, like normalizing and validating, listening, understanding. So I had to learn all those skills, you know, because I came from, you know, a Jewish, Italian, Irish family system. And the way that they communicated was basically yelling, right? Yelling or over talking, you know, um, over talking, you know, everyone in the family, you know, it's just, everyone's yeah. loud in my family. That's so hilarious. loving, loving, sweet, but just, they don't listen very well, you know, and I'll tell right. them that's right to their face too. You know, they know my opinion about them. I had to learn all these skills, you know? And so I ended up going into private practice and in the very, not the beginning two years, but once I started going full full-time, I actually built a six-figure business in a year, in one <laughs> year. Really good. I was really surprised, yeah. you know, at the time, but the need for couples work was a lot more than I even thought. Yeah. I was doing sessions in person, you know what I mean? So someone from Miami is not going to drive an hour to come see me, you yeah. know? Nowadays, I do all of my sessions and everything. I'm actually, my practice is worldwide now. We have two businesses. One is Couple Seeking Solutions, which is my original business that I started with. And that's the business that's underneath my license in Florida. Right. My Sacred Partners business is worldwide. And that's where I provide programs. I do coaching. I can't call it therapy because it's not underneath my license, but I do coaching there. Um, so it's been a really interesting, you know, life moving from private practice and then going to a worldwide practice. So now I do everything through zoom. Yeah. Amazing. And you know, like yeah. that's so many people are doing that now as well due to COVID and it's really great because it really opens up for more options and really finding the ones that we connect with. Like we're not so geographically bound and 100%. yeah and we could also argue that you know like it might be higher competition when it's worldwide but I just think that our people will find us if they're sort of drawn to our vibe and what we offer and everything so yeah I agree yeah. with that yeah. so um you've sort of told us a little bit about how you 
came to the point where you're at at the moment and how mm -hmm. you're now operating internationally as well as locally. But do you have anything else to say around what exactly that you're offering? Because you did say that it was very different, obviously, to, to what it was in the beginning. So what yeah. exactly are you offering right now? Yeah, well, um, it's interesting because COVID-19 changed my entire business model. Yeah. yeah. So um, in, in right before COVID hit, Paul and I, my husband and I, um, invested in a 2,000 square foot um, center in Fort Lauderdale. And it had just been open for two years. That's it. And we were about to, you know, renew the lease and COVID hit and we ended up closing it down. Then we transitioned into the Zoom life, right? So the, the answer to that question is multifaceted because now before I was doing just one-on-one -on -one therapy, but now I have um, different programs. For example, I have a trauma-based program. Unwind the mind is great. I also have another program called five stages to conscious relationship mapping, which, which is for individuals and couples. And it takes you on the whole map of how to build a conscious partnership awesome. with your partner. That's yeah. Amazing. And, um, then we have like a masterclass program, which is a membership program, which is a whole year long. So it's been pretty cool. This whole year we've been developing all these programs and um, this is our first year bringing those programs worldwide. Yeah, amazing. Um, it's so interesting. And, and also one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you on is, is a lot of people say that having a business is such a great mirror, such a um, huge transformation in terms of self-development. And, yeah. and I would say it's, it runs parallel to having a relationship, you know, like having a business forcing you out of the comfort zone and, and that same thing with a partner. Yes. Um, so I thought that that would be like a fun parallel and also sort of transitioning into the part where we talk a little bit about the business. So how does running a conscious business look like for you in practice? Like what are the things that you do on a, on a daily or weekly or monthly basis to sort of fill your own cup? Yeah, it's a good question. I had to learn how to resource myself very early on because I went through adrenal fatigue. Wow. And I, I'm, I am originally, um, I associate more of myself as an alpha personality at the beginning of my practice, meaning more in my masculine energy. And, you know, that's the only model that I had for success for yeah. a really long time, you know, and in about so five or six years ago, um, and then definitely when I opened up my own center, I started doing women's circles. And I started getting into sound healing and started understanding femininity and my own femininity. Like I never used to wear dresses. I never wore a scarf. Like I was in a business suit and heels legit, you know, like it, it was <laughs> this What I'm just, I am a man. I yeah. am a man in a woman's body. Okay. This is like, this, this is my identity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And cause you know, my mom was a stay at home mom. So I did not have a model for necessarily a successful woman in business, a successful yeah. mother. Yes. But I chose not to have children. Right. So maybe my sister's benefiting more from, you know, having two care, having two girls now and being able to witness a, a stay at home mom. Right. My mom being a stay at home mom. So I really only had one business model in my mind. Right. So anyways, it's been an evolution of the self in so many ways, spiritually, um, emotionally for me, every single aspect of my life 
has shifted in the past five or six years. So now in terms of maintenance, I have a meditation, um, a meditation I do every single day, if not 30 minutes, I have like for me to self-regulate myself, I need to meditate, go in the backyard, look at the sky, you know, hang out with the birds. I also do a walking meditation every day. Um, sometimes with my husband, sometimes without my husband, I live on a beautiful golf course with lots of nature. So being in nature is incredible for my soul. Um, but you know, for the listeners, I think it's just really finding what is it that does it for you? You know, like, what is it that does it for you? For me, I have to work out at least four or five days out of the week. Um, I also do a lot of conscious and mindful thinking and conscious and mindful breathing. So even like, for example, this podcast, I'm not super nervous about this podcast, but when I go on and I do an event or a masterclass, it's so interesting. Every time I do a masterclass, especially it doesn't matter how many people are on there. I get a little anxiousness, little butterflies. And so I've learned how to manage that and kind of flow with that and even be present and authentic with my audience about whatever is coming up and really attuning to myself while I'm attuning to the audience or the people that are engaged, you know, and, and making a human to human connection rather than feeling above, you know, the mm. community. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that is a helpful strategy, I think, and mindset shift to just really own your authenticity and own my voice and speak from my heart and what I've know to be true for myself. Right. And then also be flexible with my own mindsets, my own prejudices, my own biases, and being flexible and open to growing and shifting them, you know, as I go through life, right. Not staying so fixated on one particular thing. Um, baths. I mean, I'm telling you the amount of stuff that I do to manage my mindset, but I also have about, I see about 25 clients a week and that's 90 minutes each client. Think about that. That's a lot of screen time. It's a lot of talking, right? And I have to manage my energy. It's my mindset. It doesn't matter the content of what I'm talking to about with my clients. It's the energy and sitting in this chair. Like I have a standing desk, but it's sitting in the chair for a long hours. Like tomorrow I'm scheduled 9, 15 AM till 8 PM. Same thing on Wednesdays. Those are my long days. And then Thursdays, I take a day off, right, for my schedule. And then Friday, you ask the specifics, right? Friday, I'll do three or four, you know, sessions on Friday and then take off the weekend. So everything else when I'm not working or not with my clients, which I love, by the way, I'm very passionate about it. I don't feel like it's work. It's more, it's more, it's more physical fatigue is the best word to describe what I go through. Um, And so I have to do a lot of maintenance on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so success is obviously relative and, but I still like to ask what mindset, because you were mentioning that you were very much in your masculine in the beginning of your practice. And then you sort of moved into the more feminine, um, both yeah. physically and mentally. <laughs> and so yeah. what would you attribute your quote unquote success to like the mindsets or, or, or the actions or the, the whole thing, what would you say? 
Yeah, it's an interesting question, I think, Martina, because it's so multifaceted, the answer yeah. to that. You know, also my own relationship with my husband and my relationship with myself, but the, the, the relationship with my husband, he's been a beautiful mirror for me yeah. to see where I lacked in my own relationship with myself because he loves me so much. I mean, I am so blessed. The admiration from him was a reflection of where I did not love or admire myself because nothing was ever good enough. And I was a perfectionist. I played, um, I played high school sports. I played college sports. I was a catcher. I was, um, an all American, uh, third time, uh, all, all County and, um, catcher here in, um, at Nova Southeast university and also in high school. And so I was always doing always doing, always practicing, always moving a form of dissociation for sure. Yeah. And, um, when I got into the relationship with Paul and I got married, it was the first time I felt safe in a relationship because I had never really felt safe. And I didn't know that I didn't trust the masculine. And so I had to learn to break through my own intimacy blocks. I also had some sexual blocks as well, not, not in terms of open-mindedness, but in terms of receiving, receiving, and also, you know, so many aspects of my personal life, my relationship with my husband, everything we've done to work on ourselves interpersonally is a mirror into my real, into my business. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, every time we grow, every time I grow or he grows or we grow, right. Because it's all multifaceted. We go to the next place in our business. It's interesting. And success, success to me is growth and evolution over a lifetime. I've heard other coaches say that as well, but it resonates with me so much. It's growth and evolution over time, meaning I'm committed no matter what to make an impact in every single person's life, whether they be an individual or a couple, whether I impact thousands of people, which I've already done or millions and millions of people, which is where we're on our way to. So for me, it's, it's about impacting and helping people and then helping myself and resourcing myself as I go. Yeah. That's what success is for me. Yeah. I love that. So, so many people that I talk to are having these blocks around expressing themselves and their authenticity and especially around um, the more spiritual and mindfulness stuff. I actually wrote a post about coming out of the spiritual closet because it was just so potent. Like there's so many people that are struggling with it. So I also like to ask my guests, like, did you ever have resistance towards speaking and living your authentic truth and being open about all of this? Yes. I would say so. I would say that the not feeling good enough trigger, the perfectionism, the imposter syndrome, um, all of that stuff is what I've worked through. And now if that comes up, I know that that's just part of a trance cycle, meaning that it's a subconscious programming that I have. And so I manage that differently than I did a long time ago. Like I actually, a long time ago, I believed that those trauma responses or triggers were something that was real. And now I know that it's just my subconscious mind, which is supposed to, that's what the subconscious mind is supposed to do, by the way, for everyone that's listening, the subconscious mind is supposed to protect you when you're not protecting yourself. 
and it will do anything and everything to do it. So it's really understanding that the, it's, first of all, it's understanding your trans cycles. It's understanding your triggers. It's doing the work, the family of origin work and not spiritually bypassing it. I see a lot of spiritual bypassing, yep. you know, or I, I know the knowledge or I, I know what, like, like you see a video or you read something and you're like, oh, I'm healed. You know what I mean? Now I get it. It's not like that. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't mean to say that by the way, in a condescending way, that's not my intention. I think it's about people just really recognizing that there is quite a bit of work. Like for example, I'm, I'm doing individual therapy with about five or six clients right now, like presently, the rest of them are couples, but in the ones that I'm doing and, and they're all females, I have a couple males too. All of them have been working. They originally started working out on the traumas, but responses and the triggers and not living in their authentic truth and not being able to speak and all these things. And they've been working with me for about six months, uh, some of them for a year, and you can see the evolution in their growth. But I want people to know that change is difficult and it's because you're going up against your body's natural survival mechanism. And your body will shut down, you'll procrastinate, you'll dissociate, you'll do your mind, literally, quite frankly, will do anything to get you out of feeling that trauma or that trauma response again, especially if they know that on the other side of doing that live, on on the other side of doing that podcast, on the other side of doing whatever it is that seems outside of your comfort zone, especially if they think, you know, oh, you might have, you're not feeling good enough trigger there. That's why you want to work on it to begin with. And you know, resource yourself, learn to self-regulate when those triggers come up because they will. And guess what will happen? No, for example, that used to take me out for five or six, sometimes 10 days. You know what I mean? And I'd be like, okay, I didn't fucking do anything. I didn't do anything I said I was going to do. I didn't do any of the actions that I said I was going to do because my private practice was never a problem for me. Like I said, the first six months to a year, the one-on-one work, I had that down in the first couple of years of my practice. Of course, I've evolved from then, but it's doing all the marketing, getting out and, and you know, people seeing me nationally, yep. you know, that's a different level of comfort for me. Thank you very much. Okay. And yep. then doing a video and, you know, for a long time, for example, doing videos and like looking into a camera freaked me out. <laughs> Yeah. Like I was like, I'm used to seeing people on the other side of that, you know? (laughs) So it was a difficult transition, but what I want to say to people that are on that journey, understand what's going on on a subconscious level. And then once you get that and you recognize the programming and you know how to manage that, what will happen is instead of the 10 days of taking you out, it will stay for 30 minutes or an hour. So it's an interesting thing. You're really creating a very attuned relationship with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's such a practice as well. You know, like life happens and there's the um, onion that everyone speaks about. We like, we have so many layers of it. Um, But I want to also ask you about uh, your own coach, because you mentioned that you had a business coach. So Mm -hmm. what has been the most valuable outcome for you personally in having a coach? Yeah. um, Well, I'll give you the backstory, give you a one minute backstory on that. I never used to resource myself ever. I never used to resource myself. It was terrible. I never hired anyone. I never resourced anyone. 
And because I thought, well, I can do it myself. There was the alpha queen, right? Well, I can do it myself. And also, (laughs) you know, you know, the, the Midwestern philosophy is, you know, if you can do it, do it yourself, you know, don't hire someone. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Don't hire someone. And of course I can do it with 50 hours of freaking research, you know what I mean? And my life is gone, right? Yeah. Um, I can figure out how to do a website, how to write a blog, how to do this, how to do that, you know? But at this point, I'm so busy in my practice that I started having adrenal fatigue and my husband's like, babe, you know, cause he's a manifesting generator. I'm a projector and I need a lot of rest and downtime. And he was just watching me like dwindle away, literally. Um, this is a while ago though, like eight years ago, nine years ago. And he's like, honey, you need someone to help you. You need, and for a long time, I resisted that shit, Martina. I resisted that so horribly. It was terrible. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. You know, like, no, Eva, stop it. You know, and if yeah. anyone's not resourcing themselves and you're an alpha queen also, and you're not, you're, you're not resourcing yourself, you're doing yourself an injustice because since I've resource myself since I got a business coach. For example, now I have a brand that actually looks like a freaking brand. You know, I have a podcast that looks like a podcast that has a brand behind it. You know what I mean? All those things, you know, cause having a private practice is different than having a brand, right. And a, a, a brand identity. So instead of doing all that stuff on my own, I got a coach who helped me learn and do it quicker in six months. Whereas before it would have taken me three freaking years to do it on my own. And I was like, well, isn't that interesting? Cause business is about how quickly can you get it done? So you can, you know, obviously op- opening and being in business is not just about helping people. It's also about making an income, going yeah. on a vacation a couple of times a year with my husband, putting money away. So that way when I'm, you know, 50 or 60, I probably will never retire from therapy to say, so, you know. <laughs> Um, but you know, by the time we're 50 or 60, like I can, you know, see five clients a week instead of 25, you know? So it's just an interesting thing, um, to get resource. But I think that the reason why I didn't is because I thought I could do it better. I was a perfectionist. It's been a journey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It always is, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we are coming to the close and you already revealed your favorite book or one of them. So that was the dark side of the inner child. child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And another book that's fantastic. It's a clinical book, but I think every human being should read it. It's uh, called Family Systems Evaluations. It's by Dr. Bowen and Kerr. Right. Yeah. I've uh, actually read a bit of family systems or internal family systems and it's amazing. Like parts work is something that I work so much with my clients on as well, because obviously we got to start with the fundamentals. (laughs) Yeah. Everything is systemically connected. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, what is your favorite quote or one of them? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Ralph Waldo, Wal- Ralph Waldo Emerson, I think I'm saying that right, um, was one of my favorite poets, but I can't remember my qu- the quote from that. So I wrote one down um, just right before we came on here. Um, Martina was watching me research it. Um, <laughs> but there, there is no coming to consciousness without some type of emotional pain. And that is by Carl Jung. And the reason why I chose that one is because I think, I think it's emotional pain is not a bad thing. You know, emotional pain is when we're in a muddle, 
or we're, when we're in the fog. And even though that feels painful, that's where most of the transformation is found because in the muddle, we can get curious. Yeah. And when we can get curious enough, we can shift our perspective about something and then we're no longer in that pain. That's so good. Um, <laughs> and, and that's something that I'm talking about as well. Like if we're willing to feel all of the emotions and, and know how to regulate that, then there's nothing we can't do. <laughs> it's basically like emotions is the worst it's going to get. So just totally learning that. That's exactly right. I, you're absolutely right. It's funny after so many years of doing couples therapy, you know, you start to really realize that, you know, skills and resources, learning how to, you know, communicate, for example, consciously communicate, all those things are important. But if you don't know how to regulate yourself when you're upset, you're going to take it out on your partner, you know, and sometimes that happens, you know, like Paul yesterday, you know, was uh, doing the AC unit and he was so pissed because he just had gotten the AC unit fixed last month. You know what I mean? And they're here now again, while we're on this podcast, you know, and Paul was like, babe, I just need some space right now. Okay. Just, you know, and he was trying to, you know, self-regulate himself in the moment by asking for space, but he was still aggravated and irritated, you know? So it's still, it's still something it's always a work in progress, you know, to dial it in, but it's never going to be perfect people. You know, it's just, it's never going to be perfect. You're going to have moments where you're not going to regulate yourself. Okay. But it's the, rem the remembrance of trying not to let the trigger run for five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour, you know what I mean? Where you're just spewing off anger and hate and irritation and frustration. You know, it's just like, feel it, allow it to happen. If it happens, don't beat yourself up if it does. And then self-regulate, breathe, take a time out, get away, you know, say you need some space from your partner and don't rely on your partner solely for that codependent reassurance, reassure yourself, get yourself in the right mindset. Then you can go to your partner and have a conversation about all that, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's a big, big process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to finish off the not so rapid fire questions. <laughs> um, so what is one thing that the listeners can do or focus on this week to get closer to being their kind of successful and living on their terms? Hmm. Take action now. Yeah. Don't wait for the course or the thing or the whatever to be done. Start doing it now. Like whatever the next action is, if you're finding yourself in your head or if you're finding yourself having a hard time doing the live because you don't know if you could, if you're not sure if you can speak, get on and tell everyone that you're scared shitless. Okay. Just tell everyone, Hey, I'm a little scared and I'm freaked out, but I have something important and share a meaningful piece of information with your audience, share a meaningful, have a meaningful conversation with them. And it will probably be amazing. Yeah. You know, and guess what? Every single time I do something, every time I do something, a masterclass or whatever, you gain more confidence in your voice, you know, not doing it and waiting to be prepared, so to speak, is the, the worst problem because when you're not doing the action or the thing that you're, that is out of your comfort zone, you're not building the confidence of doing it yet. And so that's the process. That's the evolution. You know, you could sit in, in your house or in your room for 
a year before you're like, I'm going to do it. I promise I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? And then before you know it, it's a year or six months or a, or a month, whatever, whatever it is in terms of your time warp. Yeah. So good. I always say that as well, courage before confidence, and then your confidence will automatically build. So I love that. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eva, for being with us today and sharing so many nuggets of wisdom. It's been really good. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm happy. And I hope that everyone feels like they got something from the interview and it gives them some inspiration to do whatever they want to do in their lives and their businesses. So also to wrap it up, where can the listeners find you if they're interested in couples therapy and all the amazing things you do? Yeah, well, you can call me 754-245-1424. It's my business line. Um, Or you can email me, couplesseekingsolutions at gmail.com. Of course, you can find me on Instagram, on, you know, Facebook at um, Sacred Partners. And then the, the website is sacredlifepartners.com and I'd be happy. I also offer a 10, 15 minute consult for any of my new clients that want to work with me privately um, or if they want to purchase a program or something like that and they're not sure it's for them, they can call me directly. I'm happy to talk to them over the phone. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. And You're again, welcome. thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Martina. If you enjoyed this episode, pay it forward by sharing it in an Instagram story and tag me at Martina Thomason Coaching. If you want tips on how to create amazing content every week, make sure to sign up for my newsletter and get my free guide, 10 Holistic Marketing Hacks to Sign More Clients. It will transform the quality and quantity of your marketing from here on out. You'll find the link in the podcast description box in the show notes and in my Instagram bio. So make sure to grab that right now. I'll speak to you next week.